I, I really want people to understand that self-care is a part of life. It's a necessity and it's a lifestyle and it's things that you do for you that recharge you, that replenish you, that make you feel like yourself. You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. I'm your host, Nasima McElroy of Financially Intentional. Let's spark some flames, y'all. Welcome to episode 72 of the Nurses on Fire podcast. Thank you so, so much for continuing to tune in. If this is your first time listening, welcome and cheers to igniting your fire. I would be eternally grateful if you took a moment to subscribe, leave a review, and share with other nurses that you know could benefit. Now, during these unprecedented times, especially as nurses, we are working under conditions that can definitely accelerate the path to burnout. That's why it's especially important now more than ever to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. This next guest speaks on the importance of self-care and why it should be the norm and not an exception. Tasha Triana is a registered nurse, certified yoga and meditation teacher, Reiki master, and wellness coach. She has a master's degree in psychology from San Diego State University. After working in the hospital for several years, Tasha experienced burnout and realized the need and importance of self-care practices and incorporating them into daily life. She is now a self-care expert and founded The Nurtured Nurse to inspire others to prioritize their own self-care and wellness. She works with clients one-on-one, hosts workshops, and leads retreats. In her free time, Tasha is out exploring the world. She loves traveling, getting out in nature, hiking, and eating all of the tropical fruit she can find. Episode 72 of the Nurses on Fire podcast. This nurse is teaching the importance of self-care. All right, Nurses on Fire. I am extremely honored to have Tasha Triana of the Nurtured Nurse join us to talk about her trajectory into nursing and her transition into a more nurturing (laughs) field. So, hey, Tasha, how are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me here. I'm very grateful for this uh, opportunity. I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? Pretty, pretty good. Um, excited to learn about what you're doing and learn about your story. So you want to start with how did you get into nursing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. It's been an interesting journey. And I think, you know, in the past, I kind of looked at my journey like, hmm, but now I'm very grateful for it. And it's definitely... I think a more unique one. So I first started my educational career in psychology, actually. I was just always so fascinated by human behavior and the mind. And I didn't even go into college with that, you know, in my mind. But as I started taking classes, it just kind of evolved into that. So from my undergraduate degree, I went on to get my master's in psychology. And I was really on route for a PhD. I just really love deep diving into conversations with people. And again, just understanding the mind, mindset, human behavior, relationships. There was so much about it that I loved and I really love helping people as well. So I think that was kind of like the core thing that was driving me. But then as I 
graduated from college, I had the opportunity to do a field study program in Costa Rica. So I spent the summer there and then I ended up spending, I think, four summers in total working with kids, working in orphanages and group homes. And that really just expanded me in terms of living abroad, living internationally, loving other cultures. And so I just had this idea when I was in my master's actually for psychology hmm, maybe I should switch to the medical field to nursing because I felt like it was something that I could do anywhere in the world. And I really liked that it just allowed me freedom. And I thought having the psychology background and then being able to pair the body and mind-body connection, I just thought it would be a really cool combo. So I just totally jumped after my master's. I finished it up quickly. And, you know, all my friends and family were kind of like, more school, really? And I'm like, yep, more school. And so I just dove in without, you know, really having much background in the medical field. And now I've been a nurse for almost eight years. And I've loved every minute of it. And I've learned so much, I think, not just from the medical piece, but from my patients. And what I love about the career is that it's a place that you're always learning. I think it doesn't matter if you work in the same department, but you're always learning from people, from your coworkers, from different medical conditions. You know, what's interesting is that I thought I had <laughs> a very unique nursing origin story. But the more people that I talk to, the more that I hear that people have like all these incredible routes to get into nursing. But what's the common thread is that they love nursing and what the career itself brings. There's definitely things that <laughs> people don't like, but the beauty of it is that you can switch it up and still be within the nursing realm really easily. There's like so much you can do within the nursing world, or even if you're not, if you, even if you choose to step outside of nursing, the skills that you learn being a nurse are super transferable. And so I love to hear how people get into nursing because it's just like crazy. Like, cause I, I really thought I was unique <laughs> my story, but not so unique. I know we all think our story is the most unique. Yeah, exactly. After your master's, did you do like an accelerated nursing program? Yeah, good question. And I love what you said too, just about all of us thinking our, we, we are all unique, you know, but I do think that is one thing that's cool about nursing. There are many things, but just having the background of coworkers too, from different backgrounds, ethnicities, cultures, just a whole education, a whole mixture too, which I think is really cool. But yeah, in terms of my nursing career, no, I went into a more traditional, I kind of just jumped into my prereqs and got those done at a community college. And at the time, and still is nursing is like a very impacted program, even though we need more nurses, it's very tough to get into. So I applied to a bunch of different things and just started with the first one that I got into, which was at a community college down in Southern California. So I got my AA there and I took my license, my NCLEX and got my license. And then after that, once I started working, then I continued on to get my bachelor's. So that's interesting. I think that that was a very cost effective route. So lucky for you <laughs> that you were able to do that because my one year of nursing was like $80,000. Oh my goodness. Yes. The accelerated programs. I know there was one in Southern California near me that I think was a hundred grand, maybe more. So I that's how they are because they're usually self-funded. So they're pretty expensive. And so I always encourage people, get your nursing degree the cheapest way possible. I mean, but even if you do have to pay $100,000 or $80,000, it usually pays off. 
but there's a lot of debt to go into your career with. When you applied, because you only had an AA in nursing, did they consider that you already had a master's degree in psychology when they hired you? When I, I got hired, actually, it was interesting because I think the nursing market is always kind of an up and down thing. And I remember when I was in nursing school thinking, okay, I'm just going to get a job right away. I finished at the end of 2012. And we even had past students come in, alumni, telling us, oh, we got sign-on bonuses before we even graduated. And we hadn't even taken our licensing exam. And so I'm sitting in my chair like, woohoo, you know. But that's not how the market was actually when my class finished. So at the time I graduated, I focused on passing my NCLEX. And then my sister and I took a really cool sister's trip. We went to South America for five weeks and then I came back and just applied everywhere. And what I ended up doing was a nurse internship program. So basically it was a three month unpaid internship. And from there I got hired on luckily in the department I was working. And so that worked out for me, but I know a lot of, you know, my classmates, it took them six months to a year to find a job. So at that time, the market was tough. So I feel very lucky in that way. Yeah, that was similar to, to when I was in the market for nursing. I was right at the peak of the recession. I graduated from nursing school in 2009. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in June 2009. And I just remember, like, we were sitting in an auditorium and I went to UCSF. And then the um, CNO came to talk to the class and she was like, we're not hiring anybody. We can't hire you. We don't have any new grad jobs. Like we're strapped right now. And so out of 83 people in my nursing class, only three people had jobs when we graduated. And I was one of those three only because, only because like, it's just interesting. Like, like I said, how you come into this career. So I had done, you know, years and years of healthcare administration before I decided to go back to nursing school. When I decided to go back to nursing school, I was in Southern California. I moved to Houston to do my prereqs thinking I was going to stay out there and go to nursing school because I think it's a little easier in Texas to get into nursing school. But my grandfather got sick. And so I had to move back out here. And so and like doing my prereqs and applying to nursing school, I just took uh, any job like I really wanted I got like a phlebotomy certification and I really wanted to do like phlebotomy just to get some patient care experience and so I was just like oh I'll just do a phlebotomy job until I get into nursing school well I applied to these like staffing companies and then they were just like looking at my resume and they were like but we have like some clerical jobs that you can do and I was just like whatever I'll do it you know and so I ended up being a secretary at this county hospital and for the chief nursing officer and just being a secretary, like not telling anybody like my background or anything like that. But then eventually the more I worked there and they were like, how do you know how to do all this stuff? And I was just like, oh, you know, and, you know, just humbling myself, but just totally just doing my job, head down, focused. And I really just focus on getting into nursing school. But anyway, when I graduated from nursing school, they remembered that. And so the day I graduated, the staffing officers told all the uh, managers of every department on the floor. Oh, Nassim is graduating from nursing school. So I got three job offers in one day during that time. And so like, yeah, it just speaks to <laughs> just your life path. And yeah, so it is interesting times in nursing. And so that's another thing I love to hear about, like how people got their first jobs or how they entered into their careers, because like, it's crazy. And there is like ups and downs, especially in California, because we have 
the highest wages. And so we have a lot of experienced nurses coming here, taking jobs that, you know, other places would recruit new grad programs for, and they would be able to fill those with new grads, but we don't have as many opportunities as new grads out here. So yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool story. And yeah, luckily you were able to get into that position after that three month internship. But yeah, I remember those, they, they had those, actually they had ones out here that you had to pay to get into. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think, you know, I just took this leap of faith. I was like, either way, even if I don't get a job, but I'm, you know, just going to work hard, pray I get it and go in with all this hope. But I figured kind of like you, I was just so eager to get the experience and the patient care. And I figured either way, at the end of the day, it was three months of experience that I could then put on a resume or, you know, because it's, sometimes it's kind of a catch 22. They need you to have experience, but there's nowhere to get the experience. So I thought at least I'm in and let's just take it one step at a time and it all worked out. So I, I was very grateful for that. And what unit did you work on? I started in postpartum. Oh, just like me. <laughs> yeah. And I felt so lucky too, because I, my first job was day shift and I was just so happy that it was days, you know, there were a few nurses who were on maternity leave and the boss at the time said, you know, actually we need you on days and silently. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> a day shift postpartum position is heck of hard to get. Like you were really, really lucky. Yeah. I felt very lucky, especially because I had already told myself, well, you're probably going to have to work year or nights for, you know, a year or two. And who knows how that will be, but I felt right. lucky I started right in day shift. That's pretty cool. So speak about your career so far in nursing. Like, how has that been? What are some challenges or what are some things that you really enjoyed about your career so far? Yeah, good question. I feel like there's so many directions to go. So I started as a postpartum nurse and this was the first hospital I worked at down in Southern California. I grew up in Southern California and I started there and I really had the idea that I would love to transfer to labor and delivery. And my boss was also kind of pushing me and gearing me for that route. And at the time, that's kind of where I was focused. But then I ended up transferring into Kaiser and transferring hospitals. And so I continued on the postpartum path. And there also, I really wanted to transfer and train over to labor and delivery, but the hospital I was at didn't do any cross training. So I just thought, okay, just stay here for now, see what happens. And so as I was continuing on my nursing path, I actually, I really burnt myself out basically is I think something that maybe most, if not all nurses have experienced in their career or medical professionals in general. And so at the time it was like my grandma had passed away. I was really burnt out at work and so many life changes were happening. I was really close to my grandma. And I think that time period really allowed me to stop and reevaluate kind of what things were important, what direction was I going in, just realizing I was working at a pace that wasn't sustainable. And so that allowed me to start developing a really good self-care practice that now was just something that's part of my lifestyle. Whereas before, I think it was something I would only do when I was tired or needing a walk or a massage just, you know, once I was already depleted. And so now it's something that is incorporated into my day-to-day -day life. And so that kind of evolved me a bit and just made me shift ideas with career and I was always kind of talking about this stuff at work. And so then the nurses asked me to create a board and I kind of created this, you know, board in the nurses lounge that was mind, body, soul and have different things on there kind of changing as the weeks went on just for different tips and things, reminders. And 
So then I started, you know, like this thing that was just came so easily and naturally to me that people were always asking me for tips. You know, it started as kind of being the one always eating my my healthy lunch that people were like, oh, gosh, why do you always bring like fruit and vegetables and why are you eating so healthy? And then they would start asking me, oh, so what recipe would you recommend? You know, it kind of shifted and and put me in that light. And so then about two and a half years ago, I decided I, I really wanted to move to the Bay Area because I was just really wanting a change. I've always loved the Bay. My sister went to college in San Francisco, so I had visited a lot. And I, I actually went to undergrad in Santa Cruz, so I just really liked Northern California. And just it's just very different. I mean, I love California in general, but Northern and Southern are so different. So I put in for a transfer to come up to the Bay and I was very open, whatever it would be. I was like, I'm probably going to live in Oakland. I don't know why I was really set on Oakland, but then I got an offer from SF and I was like, cool, I'm going to go to San Francisco. And that's where I really, I, part of the reason I wanted to move was to really focus more on yoga and meditation because the Bay is such a, I feel like a Mecca for that. Every book I was reading, it was like the author was in Berkeley or in San Francisco. Or, so I'm like, I, I think I just need to go there where all these people are and just really study. And so I moved here about two and a half years ago. And that's when I really had the inspiration to create my business, which is called The Nurtured Nurse and focuses on self-care and wellness overall and specifically for medical providers. But really, I think everyone needs self-care. I think maybe caregivers just tend to get burnt out maybe a little faster. So that's really, yeah, where my path is right now. I love that. I love that <laughs> your own practices, your own self-care practices transitioned into like seamlessly into you creating this own, your business around this. And I think that's the best businesses to have, right? Like what are the things people are asking you about? What are the things people are asking you for? What are the specific pain points you can meet for people? And, but it all started on like you identifying what you needed in yourself. And that's so cool. And what you said about us all needing self-care. I mean, we do, especially now. I mean, these are unprecedented times and social isolation. And then even within work, I mean, like our patients don't even know what we look like. I actually forgot what some of my coworkers look like. Like, it's really sad, like <laughs> the environment that we're in right now. Yeah, you're so suited up at work with the mask and hats and just everything to cover you up. And it's, you know, I found myself during these shifts in the pandemic, even my face would hurt after work because I would try to smile so big so they could just see my eyes moving. And I'm like, that's all they can see. They can't see the rest of my face. So yeah, it's just unusual times. And really, I think self-care, like you said, is even more important now. And just as we all navigate, I mean, moms who are now having to be teachers and basically like every job you can be. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really give a lot of credit to moms, especially right now, because there's just so much going on, you know, and when I am working shifts in the hospital to see my coworkers who, you know, are juggling working life with mom life with also being a teacher and the chef and every, like every single thing, everything, everything, girl. Yes. Yes. It's, it's hard mm -hmm. to, to really. And I think the culture too of self-care is still on the idea that self-care is something that's selfish when I really want, you know, I, I really want people to understand that self-care is a part of life. It's a necessity and it's a lifestyle and it's things that you do for you that recharge you, that replenish you, that make you feel like yourself. And when we take time for those things, we actually show up as better people, better humans, and we can give out more and we come from a more whole and 
replenished and grounded place instead of, you know, frazzled or maybe depleted or resentful, you know, all these things that can kind of pile up. So I'm going to talk specifically about like where you were at that point in your nursing career where you were kind of like feeling burnt out and what steps did you take to make sure that you were okay and how that helped you remain a nurse and remain in this career, not only helped you, but now you're able to pour into other people. Like what were some of those practices? I think in the beginning, I just had to have the awareness and it really hit me. Like I said, when I had that time to reevaluate a lot in my life, when my grandma passed away, and I think it was just a huge time for reflection. And so just noticing, you know, that I was neglecting my own self. And I think what I used in a lot of way to avoid kind of my own feelings and my own pain and things that were going on in my life, I used taking care of others as kind of my number. And so it's like, we all have our vices or distractions. It could be social media, it could be drinking, it could be alcohol, whatever it is. And I was like, whoa, I take care of people. One, I love to, but also in excess so that I could avoid kind of other stuff. And so that was a big realization for me. And then just getting in touch with what are things I even like, I feel sometimes we're so far away from ourselves. It's like, we don't even know, maybe we have free time. And we're like, Hmm, what, what do I even like? And so it was just spending a lot of time with myself and, you know, journaling, spending time in nature. At the time, I, I had already really developed a good exercise routine. So that was one thing that I was grateful for because that for me is an important self-care movement. And so I was running a lot and then I would just really use those times that were hiking, walking, where I would just really reflect and I wouldn't even listen to music. It was just kind of going within and just seeing what I needed. And so from there, starting to develop these habits into my daily life. So I think also, you know, understanding that self-care doesn't have to be like a full day that you block off. It can be, you know, taking 10 minutes to drink a cup of tea or walking around the block for 20 minutes. You know, it can be these little things that recharge us. I think that probably my favorite analogy with self-care is comparing it to the battery on our cell phone. Like we never let our battery get to 0%. At least I don't. Even when I'm on 50, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to charge my phone. So thinking of your self-care as your personal battery. So when it's starting to get low, you have like your own tool basket or tools, things that, you know, recharge you, replenish you, make you feel good. And you can choose some of those things to bring your battery back up to, to full. I'm known as a debt slayer because of the $200,000 in student loans I slayed in two and a half years. I hated those loans and dealing with the loan servicers. I was head down and focused and wanted to get rid of the debt as soon as possible. Knocking out these loans and seeing a zero loan balance was one of the most liberating feelings I have ever felt. But recently I learned that by not optimizing my student loan payoff strategy, I lost money. I'm talking about big money, y'all. I could have saved $80,000 if I had a customized student loan plan by the team at Student Loan Planner. Please don't make the same mistake as me. If you have student loan debt, especially in the six figures, head over to studentloanplanner.com slash financially intentional to get your customized student loan plan today. Do you know how your retirement funds are invested? Do you know how much you're paying in fees? Chances are you're on the same boat as some of my coworkers. 
Some of them set up their retirement when they first got hired and never looked at it again. Some have let a computer select their investments and don't even know what they're invested in. Worst of all, some people have their retirement funds sitting in a savings account and they're not even invested in the market because they're afraid to lose money. That's hella scary, y'all. What's even scarier is that some of you listening don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. And guess what? This is super common. This has to change today. Let Bloom do the work for you. Head over to financiallyintentional.com bloom and get your free retirement account analysis. They'll check and see if your retirement account is optimized for you and they'll let you know if you're paying too much in fees. That's Bloom with three O's. Bloom can also manage your retirement account on an ongoing basis so you can take the stress out of retirement planning. If you choose to work with Bloom, their fees are incredibly low, less than your Netflix subscription. You have enough to worry about. Let Bloom handle your retirement account. The hardest thing you'll have to do when it comes to your retirement is remember that Bloom is spelled with three O's. Head over to financiallyintentional.com slash Bloom. Remember, spelled with three O's and get your retirement account squared away today. Yeah. And I think it's just so important because so much of our job is pouring into other people. How can you pour from an empty cup? And so many of us are. And that's why like the burnout is real and it's hard in nursing. I mean, in other healthcare professions too. But I mean, like it's, it's crazy how much we give of ourselves and don't think to give back to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think we're like, exactly like you said, we're so used to giving out, giving out, giving out. But in terms of energy, you know, then where are we giving from if we have nothing left? So it's important to really refuel ourselves, take care of ourselves. And also, I think an important thing to know, too, is self-care can be different for everyone. You know, what nourishes me might not nourish you or make you feel good. And that's okay, but it has to speak to you and, you know, honor yourself. And maybe for me, sometimes it's having a a really, you know, good conversation or a walk with a close friend. And other times it's just being by myself. It, It can change too from day to day. So that's important to recognize too. Yeah, and I like what you said about people thinking that self-care is selfish and especially like coming from a mom's point of view, like it's really hard to kind of negotiate that like taking time out of your day for yourself without having that guilt. It's really, really hard. But like I said, like if you don't, the people that depend on you the most are going to be the one that's impacted even more if you're totally depleted. And so, yeah, I self-care, self-care is super important, but it's often the last thing people prioritize when it should be the other way around, right? Totally, yeah. I agree. I think that starting your day from a place of self-care, that's something for me now, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be long or complicated, but something that really helped me in my nursing career was developing the morning routine. 
And, you know, just for me to not even check my texts until now I have a boundary of 9am, whereas before I would wake up, check my texts in bed. And, you know, that already programs me to go into everyone else's energy or mode or what do other people need, what's going on in the world. And so just taking, even if it's 10 minutes of quiet time in the morning for myself, and that was really a big shift before going into hospital shifts and in just daily life. But I think, you know, since the hospital has so much energy and noise and just a lot going on, it's very easy to have your attention in so many different areas. So for me, just having that simple practice in the morning has been been huge. But I think going back to what you said too about you know, feeling guilty sometimes. I think that is a story in our society that really needs to shift. And I'm not a mom yet, but I can only imagine, you know, the pressure that moms feel. And I think that one thing that I really take, what would I say? I'm just very very grateful for being able to educate too in the hospital because in women's health, you know, I think that's something that's programmed from the beginning. You're like, feed your baby. Even if you're depleted, you better breastfeed all this. And sometimes it's like, hey, you need to just take a nap and then restart, you know? And I think that everyone feels better when you come from your grounded self, your kids feel better. Yeah, I know we could spend a whole lot of time talking about that, but yeah, I mean, like, I think like the rooming in situation, you know, has its merits, but it also has like, puts a lot of stress on the mom. The dads don't really help, you know, how that goes. (laughs) Moms are healing and recovering, like mentally and especially right now when there's not that extended family support around whoo that's hard but that's a whole nother subject for another day yeah yes I think that's yeah totally but I think what you said now just in the pandemic and I think two nurses we are our own breed I'm sure you can relate but for me you know I've really had to discover to asking for help I think we're so independent and we're so used to helping everyone else and so I've had to reframe that for myself too that asking for help isn't a, a weakness but it's actually a strength and to allow other people to come in and help you and I think now during the pandemic like you said you know extended family might not be available or friends or certain caretakers that you you know could call upon as a new mom or just as a mom in general or you know in these days they're unique so I think it's yeah very important to reach out to any resources you can as well you know that's <laughs> that's one of the things that I'm really working on is asking for help I think something that we've been conditioned to especially as being like the strong nurse like we can do it all and so I'm that nurse that like goes in I'll go start your IVs I'll go get everything set up I'll make sure you know everything is ready like when I transfer my patients to postpartum make sure all the vitals are put in the meds are given the patient is tucked into the bed like I'll do all of that but if you ask me if you can go get water for my patients I'm like, no, I'll do it. You know, (laughs) I'll do everything. Don't go in my room. I'm that nurse. Don't go in my room. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I got it all handled. I got it all. Yep. (laughs) And it's so bad because, you know, part of being able to help others is allowing people to help you too. And that is really hard. And that's just another, that's conditioning, right? that we need to break and because it's only detrimental. I mean, like what harm would it be for somebody to come and help me? It actually frees me up. Right. But I'm just, it's, it's so hard. So that's definitely a struggle. I hear you. I used to be the same on that. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's transition into talking about the nurtured nurse. We We heard about the origin of it, but how did you take it from 
you being like at work helping other people to now a full-blown like business where you offer services to people? Yeah, it's been definitely a journey. I think, you know, the entrepreneur side kind of challenges you. There's a steep learning curve. I think certain things you know, back to the kind of, I'll do all these things myself. I was like, yes, I got this. And sometimes overestimating or underestimating how long or what a process certain things would be. So I just started small. Like I knew something was kind of coming. And I remember being on a hike with one of my best guy friends and we were walking and I was like, the nurtured nurse, that's the name, that's it. And, and just kind of, you know, having this idea, I was like, yeah, that makes so much sense. I love self-care. I love all, you know, mind, body, spirit, all this stuff. And so I'm like, okay, I got the name. Let me see if this is available. And so, you know, just kind of going for that, trademarking, doing, you know, getting an LLC, doing these like small steps in the beginning to just kind of lay the framework. And I'm still always learning and growing. There's so much to understand. And just kind of, you know, seeing what are the things I like to offer? What are the things that, you know, I feel like have helped me on my journey? And so from there, I just started my Instagram account and, was really focused on featuring nurses and talking about, you know, how did they self care and just different things like that to create a community. And then I've hosted some events here in San Francisco in the Bay. I've done some hikes and like a self care meditation night, essential oils, just a bunch of different things to start bringing awareness and having people come together. And again, just breaking stigmas that self care is, you know, selfish and that it's important to take care of ourselves and then combining all my loves, I really love travel, as I mentioned before. And so I just was thinking, oh my gosh, I have to have a retreat. That's like my number one thing. And so I actually, you know, went to the area in El Salvador, stayed at this place for a week because that's also very me. I love to recommend things that I've experienced to make sure everything is good. The food is good. The location is good. The beach, everything is nice. And to also be excited when I tell people about it. So it was planned for actually the end of March this year. And I was so excited, you know, woo. And then everything starts happening with the pandemic and all the borders in Central America are closing. And actually another side note to the story was I moved in November, or sorry, in February to Nicaragua. I was like, left the Bay, moved, totally took a huge jump. And I was on an island in the Caribbean. And so from there I was going to be going to my retreat to lead it. And then everything was just closing. The island I was on was closing. The borders were closing. I have family in Guatemala and the borders were closed. So my mom, she had kind of gone silent. And then she's like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm coming home tomorrow. Don't worry. So came back to California. But yeah, that was a little bit of a side note. But yeah, so retreats, I do mindset and wellness coaching. I do a mindfulness class. It's every Monday called Mindful Monday, where it's an interactive talk. And we talk about different topics. It could be self-care. It could be boundaries, people-pleasing, all these different topics that I think kind of bleed together. And yeah, so that's a little bit about what I offer, but I, I really love it. So <laughs> hopefully the retreat will come back once travel is more on the table. Well, I'm down for the retreat. Sign me up. <laughs> I definitely need a retreat in El Salvador. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I love the services that you offer. I just want you to speak to like the nurses that are in your programs or have benefited from your services. Like what kind of transitions have you seen with them? Yeah, I think, yeah, transitions, transformations. I think a lot of things. I think 
mainly becoming self-empowered and just having like a sense of more self-trust, more self-worth. Last year, I also got certified as a yoga teacher and I've been a meditation teacher for a couple of years. So really incorporating kind of all of my educations, all of my passions and my coaching. So using my psych background, my nursing background, my yoga and just meditation, overall wellness background. And I think really you know, again, nurses are an amazing breed. Like, I think we're so smart. We're very type A, we're very driven. But I think it's a lot of times we get that external validation from taking care of people. And it's almost like we don't, at least for my own journey, I'll speak on, it was almost like I didn't feel like I was worthy to give these things to myself or, you know, to understand again, that self care is a necessary part of my life. And by doing these things, I actually am more healthy, more vibrant, more able to give back. And so I think, you know, I've seen my clients move or leave jobs, start new jobs, make really, you know, big life choices that once they feel kind of more secure in themselves, they feel confident in in moving forward. I want to talk about your move to Nicaragua. Like, what was that about? Yeah, it was a big one. And this whole year, my birthday was last week. So it was really a time for a lot of reflection. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I moved at the beginning of this year. This year has been so interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so basically, my grand vision in the future is to have a wellness center in Central America in Nicaragua. And I've just fell in love with the country when I first went in, I think it was 2013. Yeah, seven years ago. And I just had this connection there. It's so beautiful. It's so vibrant, the tropical weather. And it was just such a healing, peaceful place for me. And so that's actually where I did my yoga training last year. And I just had this idea, like, I think I'm going to move there. I think I don't know when or how. And this opportunity just came up to manage this little yoga spot. And so I was going to be teaching yoga, meditation, and also being able to do, you know, my coaching clients and continue my business. And I just thought, maybe this is a good opportunity for me to test the water. I knew I would be at some point leaving the bedside hospital setting completely. And so this, yeah, this opportunity came to me and I thought, you know, I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) And I really went for it. You know, I was, I had a going away party in February. I was leaving the Bay. I packed up, I got rid of all this, so much stuff. And I just took this huge leap and yeah, I was there for about a month and then, then the pandemic really hit. And so being on an Island, it was kind of went from, you could be trapped in paradise to you could actually be trapped, you know? So I decided it was best to come back to California and I figured, Hey, if I'm going to be, you know, sheltering in place, then it would be nice to be near family and not completely by myself. So I came back and I'm just trusting the timing of it all. I I call it my little research trip. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? This is a, this is a personal finance podcast and people are going to be like, wait a minute. She was a nurse working in San Francisco. So she probably made a pretty good amount of money. How do you go to Nicaragua and just be like a manager of a yoga studio? Like how could you afford that? Yes, totally. Good. And good questions. I think, Yeah, there's so many layers here. I think for me, part of it was, I don't know, how would I say? I think exactly right. In terms of my nursing career, San Francisco is where I have been paid the most amount of money. However, you also have to consider that San Francisco is like the most expensive city to live in in the world. At least, I don't know about now with so many people mass exiting, but it was at the time. 
so yeah, I had, you know, a savings. I'm still working on paying off some, you know, loans from my businesses and even still from my education. But I think just really understanding where my numbers are going and creating basically, I mean, life in Nicaragua is way different in terms of how much you're outputting for living costs. I mean, I think, gosh, managing this place, my housing was included. And so there were just certain things that were wiped away in terms of financial output per month. So with having my coaching clients, it was something I was able to do and self self sustain myself there. And I figured, you know, it would be a good opportunity to meet people to network for a place that I eventually plan to live or at least be, you know, between California and their dual living. And the reason why I asked you that is because I have a nurses that works at San Francisco General. She lives in Portugal, but like, I think nursing is the like hack <laughs> to living the lifestyle that you really want because you can like totally go to Nicaragua, self-fund all of that for however many months you can come out here and do an assignment and be able and be set for like the whole year. And so, but people need to know that it's possible. So that's why I like to give examples like this because yeah, I mean like, and it especially like in times of like burnout and high tension times and stuff like this, it's good to know that, Hey, maybe I can pivot and, you know, step back <laughs> Go to go to the Caribbean for a little while <laughs> and reset and be financially okay. It just takes a little bit of planning. But like my whole goal, I'll probably be doing nursing forever. I probably won't transition out of the bedside totally. But I'll get to a point where I might just work one or two months a year. And that'll just be to like max out my 403B and my 457 just to build up my retirement and then just leave <laughs> and have like residual income from, you know, my businesses or, you know, my investments so that I can just live. And so for me, <laughs> that's super important, but that's benefits of kind of just being in control of your finances and understanding that. But I love that you were able to do that and applaud you being able to eventually transition out of nursing as an option. And so I think that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I really love what you said too, just about expanding people and kind of, I, I think for me, that's really how I'm expanded by hearing other people's stories. And just sometimes you might have an idea or you might not even have an idea, but being able to see someone actually doing something that's similar to what you want to do, I think is very expanding. And like you said, I think that you know, nursing provides a lot of freedom, a lot of flexibility. And I'm so grateful for this career and to be able to basically work, you know, when I want, I can make my schedule for me, freedom is like one of my top core values. And so to not be locked into a certain schedule at the hospital. So if it's someone's birthday, or, you know, there's something going on that I would want to participate in, I don't have to worry about missing that because I create my own schedule and also financially to be able to have that opportunity to work at the hospital while I'm growing my business and expanding even more. And yeah, I think it's just such a, an amazing career and there's so much opportunity. And I think to see people using their nursing degree or license in ways that are not just in the hospital, I think is also really expanding because there's so much that we as nurses can do. You know, I think it's, it's a really amazing profession. 
I think so too. And I love that you said freedom is your core value. I think for a lot of us, freedom is our core value, but we don't know how to act on that. We don't know how to implement that. We don't know what that would look like, but we know we are so desperately grasping for ways to become more free. But you hit the nail on the head when you said like you are able to make your schedule fit your lifestyle and people need to know that that's possible because like all too often like heads down we're like uh, nose to the grindstone like we're we're there like we're grinding like and we need to see like hey stop like what you're doing (laughs) you don't have to work as hard but that doesn't mean that you'll be bringing in less money and you know that's another story that you have to grind and that you have to work really really hard day in and day out to provide really what you need to do is like you did find your passion and then make your life work around it and then everything else will fall into place so I really love that you shared that and I really love what you're doing and oh my god I can't wait for this craziness of this year to be over because I'm looking forward to the incredible things that you're going to be doing internationally so yeah so let people know how they can work with you get in contact with you yeah thank you so much and thank you for allowing me this space and this time to chat I love it I think like you said there's so many stories and conditioning that as nurses I think we're fed and I really where I would really like to see the culture go to is to have self-care courses in nursing school or medical school or, you know, to even plant the seed of this idea so that we understand. I think right now, at least the culture of nursing is still really built on martyrdom. I mean, I remember, you know, nurses being like, oh, it's been eight hours. I haven't even gone to the bathroom. And I'm thinking, why is that a good thing? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, why are we doing this to ourselves? We shouldn't be, you know? I mean, I think we can take two minutes to go to the bathroom. And so I think, you know, like you said, too, about working and grinding, and I think learning certain boundaries and kind of what are your core values, what's important to you. I think, you know, having boundaries with overtime, too, have been really important for me because I think at the end of the day, I way on a scale, okay, what's worth more like my health and sanity or making a little extra money, you know? And so I think really being clear on what my core values are, really looking at my own expenses. And I think for me, you know, being really happy with hiking and having, you know, like a snack or versus like going out to a fancy meal and not to say that that's wrong, but everyone has different priorities. So really just understanding, I think, you know, touching back on the finance piece, what are you intentionally spending money on? And I think that that's an important piece too, to just make your money go farther or to create that sense of independence for yourself. Really, you know, I'm really building more awareness on this area and just seeing where I spend my money. How do I want to spend it? Am I spending it in ways I think I'm spending it? Because sometimes we're not even aware of where the money is going. So for me, that's I've really been honing in on that a little bit more. So I think, yeah, that helps too with providing the freedom. But yeah, in terms of, where to find me. My website is the nurturednurse.co. And I'm also on Instagram at the nurtured nurse, which there also has the link to my website. And from the website, you can see kind of what's going on. I do the mindful Monday classes, which is a free class that's offered every Monday. And then there's also the opportunity to sign up for a free initial coaching session to see if you'd like to work with me or kind of what things you'd like to work on. And it also mentions the retreat, which now is to be determined just depending on travel and restrictions and 
yeah, so that's the the main place to find me. Yeah, your website is beautiful. <laughs> Love your platform. Yes. So all the links will be in the show notes, but make sure you reach out to Tasha because self-care is super important. And I'm about to sign up for those mindful Mondays. I mean, I mean, for me, I'm just like, oh my God, I, I know the importance of it, but it gets lost. Like if you don't schedule it, if you don't, if you're not intentional about your self-care, it'll, it'll just like everything else, when you're not focused on it, you, it just goes away. And so, yeah, I encourage everyone to make self-care a priority in your life. And I appreciate you for sharing your story. And even just your voice is just so calming. Like, I just love it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for having me here and for allowing me to share. And I think that, yeah, you know, like you said, too, we're expanded by people's stories and what they do. And I learned so much from stories. So thank you for having me here to share some of mine. As nurses, we are extremely good at taking care of others and putting others' needs before ours. I mean, who came up with a nursing bladder? Okay, but I implore you, take some time out for yourself on a daily basis. It doesn't have to be an all-day thing, but it does have to be about you because we cannot continue to serve pouring from an empty cup lesson number one it truly doesn't have to take long to recharge it just takes a little bit of intentionality to ensure you are partaking in some form of self-care self-care doesn't have to be like a full day that you block off it can be you know taking 10 minutes to drink a cup of tea or walking around the block for 20 minutes you know it can be these little things that recharge us lesson number two tasha has the perfect analogy for making sure that we refill our cups thinking of your self-care as your personal battery so when it's starting to get low you have like your own tool basket or tools, things that, you know, recharge you, replenish you, make you feel good. And you can choose some of those things to bring your battery back up to, to full. Lesson number three. Listen, boo, I know you're strong. I know you can do it all. But a major part of self-care is making sure that we ask for help, even if we don't need it. Asking for help isn't a, a weakness, but it's actually a strength and to allow other people to come in and help you. You've been listening to Nurses on Fire. If you want to learn more about me or my guests, check out our show notes page. If you found value, please support our show by supporting our sponsors and affiliates also listed in the show notes. If you like what you're hearing, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or whatever podcast app you're using to stream this show. You guys, tell all the nurses in your life to subscribe. <laughs> and if you know a nurse with a compelling money story and would like me to feature them, shoot me an email at nasima at financiallyintentional.com. All right, y'all. Much love and keep them fires blazing. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye.